is Actually You Are a Real Runner with Jacqueline Riccio. Hey, it's Jacqueline, and I am back on today's the third episode about motivation. If you haven't listened to the other two episodes about motivation, please go back and consume those first and then come back to this one. Um, So today we're going to talk about maintaining motivation. I know this is a struggle for a lot of people. This is a struggle for me. (laughs) I've been there. Um, I know that it was a struggle for me to maintain motivation when I was training for a marathon or after I was training for all of the marathons. Sadly, uh, not the the fourth one that I did. I actually continued on with motivation. um, And actually, I do want to talk more about that. But the first three marathons um, that I ran, um, there was a problem. (laughs) Why I was not able to maintain that motivation and maintain that discipline with running after those first three marathons were over is because I was making the jumps from A to Z and not A to B. Um, the first marathon that I had, that I did, um, I had only ever done a 5k and I decided I'm going to run a marathon. I'm going to do this big over the top thing. And I'm, you know, uh, it's one of these things where I'm like, I don't recommend it to other people. Um, I don't regret it, regret it. It's just a part of my story, but yeah, I wouldn't recommend it because doing that, doing that over the top thing and going from A to Z, it resulted in several years of being really frustrated with myself, really confused, really just like, wow, like more of these thoughts of like, wow, you really can't stick to anything. You really act this one up. Like you don't know how to do anything. And what would I do? Like, okay, cool. You ran this marathon and then like six months of no running. Oh man, you need to start running again. What would you, what are you going to do, Jacqueline? Ah, I know. Let's jump from A to Z again. That's a really smart idea. Um, that's what you've done in the past. Um, and then that perpetuated, uh, for several, uh, for three marathons and kind of the same thing with the 100 day running streak. Um, why did I start a 100 day running streak? Because I did not maintain this like working out, um, lifestyle. I was like, okay, cool. You need to do this over the top thing. I I could not wait when that 100th day came. I was like, yay, I don't have to run anymore. Uh, did not maintain motivation, did not want to do the thing again, several months after that 100th day, like no running and feeling sick to my stomach thinking about running. So what changed for that fourth marathon, that fourth marathon that I did, um, I took away, I, I did not listen to what any running coach had to say about running because for me, that fourth marathon was about um, staying injury-free. That was one of my goals. And then also to still like running when the race is over. That was, I wanted to still like running. So that meant I wasn't really pushing myself to the max on a lot of my runs. Um, and I was like, you know, oh, <laughs> from running coaches, like that, their goal, I guess, is to, to get their runners to increase their pace and finish the race faster, blah, blah, blah. That wasn't my goal for that fourth marathon. I think I actually, I don't even know any of my times that I want to say it was probably like two hours slower than my fastest marathon, two hours. Um, granted, it was a trail marathon and there was a lot of unpleasant, um, 
things happening, but I actually maintained motivation after that fourth marathon. And it was because I was going from A to B just constantly, just like, cool. I'm just going to, I'm just going to show up and I'm going to run. Um, I'm not trying to go over the top. I wasn't trying to like kill myself with workouts. I was just like, I just, I still want to, I want to like running when this is done and, um, finished that marathon. And I think it was like a week later that I got back out there and I was running again. Like I was excited to be running again. And then, um, I think that was, so that was November, 2019 was out there running again in December, 2019, Um, I think I had even joined a running group during the winter and I was like out there running, training for a half marathon, Um, not running the half marathon, but just training with other people, like running long distances and being excited about double digit uh, mileage on weekends. Um, And then because my mileage was still up there, I was like, oh, I guess I could probably run run a marathon like I'm I'm doing this. I'm showing up. I have maintained this motivation and this is just a part of who I am, I didn't uh, slink down back to running zero miles. Um, And then I had signed up for a marathon for April of 2020. And I also gotten into the Chicago marathon um, in October of 2020. Um, And then COVID and the pandemic. And so that kind of wiped those things off. But honestly, too, like I actually did have a lot of trouble. And if you listen to the podcast, I had a lot of trouble with my knee in my hip. So I did have to stop running last year. So it's a little bit of a shame, but it, it just is what it is. Um, I, I Looking back, I, I wonder too, had I become a runner by doing the A to B route, the injuries and the pain that I ended up having, it was like, oh, I wonder if that would not have happened. Did that happen because I made this big jump and I, I shouldn't have been doing that, right? So yeah, really interesting. And I know a lot of people, when it comes to eating healthy, they struggle to maintain motivation because they do the same thing with diets. Um, They go, instead of doing A to B, they do A to Z and they'll go from eating all of the processed food, all of it, and then jumping into a whole 30 or eating all of the crap and then jumping into doing keto or jumping into doing macros. Um, And then they're not able to maintain that level. They're not able to maintain those habits. And a lot of it is that A to Z, that A to Z thing. Um, You didn't build up. You didn't give yourself a chance to like actually become this person and take on the habits and the schedules and the thinking that that person does. So it was like you were pretending, you were just like kind of pretending to be this person but it had a deadline. You knew like, cool, after 30 days, I'm, I'm not going to keep doing this or after hundred days or after I fit into that wedding dress or after this date, after this summer, blah, blah, blah. Like it was, it didn't, there was a timeline. There was a deadline. You were like, this is just me for a little bit, but it's not actually me. And then you kind of fell apart. So if that's you, it's okay. Um, you're not alone. So what we're going to talk about today is maintaining that motivation. You are that person who has done these over-the-top plans when it comes to any of these things. Um, and you're, you're sick of it. You don't want that for yourself anymore. Again, if you haven't listened to the episodes about motivation and pain and pleasure and aspirational identity, make sure you go back and listen to those. But let's just like touch on that for a little bit. So like pain, you're sick and tired of being that person who can't trust themselves, that person that's not showing up consistently. 
um, pleasure. You'd like to feel satisfied and confident and like, you'd like to be consistent. You'd like to aspirational identity. You'd like to be that consistent person, that person who's just like consistently showing up for themselves and is healthy, right? That's great. (laughs) You're in the right place. So I have on my chart and I want to explain um, the zone of proximal development. So this is from educational psychology, your child development. If you're listening to the podcast, you can go into the show notes and click episode webpage and you'll see a picture of this. Or you can do a quick Google search on zone of proximal development. But this is from, uh, I think about this in the kindergarten classroom. And literally kindergartners start at a level A book and some of them start an AA book. That's the reading level that they're at. You do not hand a level Z book to a kindergartner that is outside of their zone of proximal development. If you handed Harry Potter to them um, in kindergarten and they're at a level A, they're going to panic. They're not going to be able to read that book. And they might even say things like, I guess this isn't for me. I'm not a reader. <laughs> oh, look, listen to that. Listen to the identity. I'm not a reader. I can't read this. I guess this, I guess this is for other people, but not for me. That's their panic zone. They might try to pretend to read that book, but it's not, they're not going to be able to show up and read that book every day. Right. Um, so let's just pretend that right now they know their letter, their sounds and their letters. So we're just going to go a little bit outside of their comfort zone. This is their zone of proximal development. So if they already know their uh, letters and sounds, maybe that first book that they're reading just says something like a cat a dog or the cat, the dog, or maybe they're going to sound out some CBC words, cat, cat, dog, dog, right? This is just outside of their comfort zone. They're going to have a teacher there to help them to literally, well, not literally, but hold their hands. Maybe they have some alphabet cards or they have some charts, something with them to help them um, be able to read this book, right? So just, it's a little bit outside of their comfort zone. It's not in their panic zone. Right here, right outside of their comfort zone, that is where motivation is really high. They know that they can do the thing. They're excited. They're like, I'm doing the thing. Look at me, I'm reading, right? And we, as a big adults, might look at a like a little a book or a level B book and be like, this is a book? Like, what is this? But like we, but no, we know for a five-year-old, that's what reading looks like. That's, um, that's what they're capable of doing. Now, here's the thing though, as adults, we just think, oh no, no, I'm going to skip over all of that stuff. I'm just, I think because we, because we're adults and we forget what it's like to learn something new, we think that we should just be good at everything that we do. And if we're not good at it, then we just don't do it. Um, We say that it's not for us. Um, But when you're taking on something new, you don't want to go over the top. You just want to go a little bit outside of your comfort zone, a little bit outside of what you're currently doing. Okay. So if you are currently eating donuts for every meal, do not try to do a whole 30 and think that that's just going to be how you're able to eat for the rest of your life. You'll be able to do it for 30 days. You will. But what is going to happen on day 31? What is going to happen two months? This is why you see people, and myself included, see people that had to do four whole 30s. They had every time, I love when someone follows me on Instagram and I and I ch- chat with them and it's like, they're like, I'm on my sixth whole 30. I'm on my eighth whole 30. And it's like, when do we decide like maybe maybe this over the top thing isn't actually working and you don't need to do a whole 30 you just need to eat some vegetables with your lunch you just need to start incorporating 
um, some more or less processed food, just really natural whole foods, not whole 30, but like whole foods, like you're going to eat some lettuce with your lunch. You're going to eat a bell pepper with your lunch, whole foods, things grown in the ground. Maybe you don't need to do this over the top thing. You just need to start gradually adding those things into the meals that you're eating and start seeing yourself as a healthy eater, start taking on that identity. Okay. So again, that motivation is really high and it, it lasts. If you decide I'm going to be that healthy eater and every day I am going to do just this little thing, I'm just going to have uh, vegetables with my lunch. That's something that you can do. And you have to say that, oh, hey, I'm doing it. I'm doing the thing. And maybe you are going to color your little 365 habit tracker to remind yourself that you're showing up and you're doing the thing. This actually should be a gradual or um, a pretty easy a pretty easy step for you to take. If it is really hard, if I'm like, cool, you know, you're going to eat vegetables, but you have to drive to the store that's 45 minutes away to go get those vegetables. It's not going to happen. You need to make things easier for yourself. Just start gradually so that you can actually do these things over and over again. And it just becomes a part of who you are. So this is a part where a lot of people mess up You need to have a step-by-step plan, like actually written out that you are going to follow until it's just a part of who you are. It's it's like literally programmed into your brain and you don't even have to think about it. Um, When um, I am about to leave the house, this didn't used to be who I was. When I'm about to leave the house, you know, people go like keys, phone, wallet. Um, I am like keys, phone, wallet water bottle. I always have water with me. No matter where I go, I have a bottle of water with me. It's always sitting next to me. If I'm about to go into the car, I always have a bottle of water with me. It's just a part of who I am now because I see myself as just a consistently healthy person. And that person always has water with them. Now, when I'm working with clients, a lot of people don't drink water. They don't have it next to them all the time. It's not on the top of their head. We have energy drinks, we have coffee, and I'm not saying that you can't have those things, but I want to encourage clients to drink more water, to always have water next to you so that um, you don't have to get up and get it. It's just always right there. And you might look over and see like, oh, okay, cool. I'm going to drink some water. So one of the ways that we work on this, again, that's a really gradual thing, but like we actually have it written out. So on my chart up here, I have like drink water. So when we work, when I work with clients, like that's like the first thing, um, no media, and then drink a glass of water, fill water for the day, right? If they're not currently doing it, it needs to, it needs to be on paper so that you see, ah, yes, this is that thing that I'm doing. Cool. I can like check off. I can like physically check off that I'm doing it. So then every morning you get into this habit of, I wake up, I grab water. I wake up, I grab water. And even like saying that to yourself is really helpful. Anytime that you can use different modalities. So writing it, saying it, singing it, dancing it, I don't know, whatever you want to do. Um, What I love to, so I'm finishing up with month one of year of growth with clients and we're working on month two. Month two is really exciting because um, I have the workbook for them, but the workbook is what I've created. And now month two, we are customizing it. We're personalizing it. What do you need? You don't need this part of the workbook. Let's take it out. Let's put something else that you need. And so many of my clients were like, Hey, I love, I love these things on the top, but can we also add in, um, take vitamins? 
I want to make sure that I'm consistently taking my vitamins. I'm like, of course. (laughs) Yes. And I love that. I love that they are thinking about what is a consistently healthy person do? Where can I slide that habit in? And again, it's not, oh my gosh, I need to drive across town and do this big thing. It's like, it's, it's so small. It's a very gradual thing that they're adding in. Take vitamins in the morning. That's it, right? Um, But these things are written out step by step. So drink water, journal, (laughs) exercise. And even within those, okay, cool. You like sit down and you're about to journal and it's like, you might go into panic. What am I supposed to journal? Oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm supposed to journal. Um, That might be for you if you're not, if you don't, if you currently don't see yourself as a journaler or a writer, it sends you to the panic zone. Ah, I don't know what to do. And when you're in the panic zone, you freeze and you stop doing the thing, right? So for journaling, it's like, okay, cool. If your comfort zone is you don't journal at all, and we want you to become a journaler, someone who just writes freely in their journal, maybe the next step, like the, the little gradual step where motivation is high, is you have like a scripted journal uh, prompt. Like I give you what to journal about, right? So that's some scaffolding. It's But like, that's, I mean, it's interesting to think about like, yeah, like, cool, I'm in a journal. What am I supposed to journal? Maybe we need some step-by-step, a step-by-step plan for that. Um, The last thing I was talking about, exercise. Again, um, if you are someone who is not a personal trainer, you didn't go to school for exercise science, um, exercise, being an exerciser is way outside of your zone of proximal development. It's way in your panic zone. You just don't identify as an exerciser. So your comfort zone is like, maybe you just see yourself as a sedentary person. That was me. That was me like six, seven, seven years ago. I I felt I was pretty sedentary. I didn't know how to do anything. If someone said exercise, like, okay, I like, I have no idea what I'll just stand here because I have no relationship with my body. So saying, okay, just start to exercise. That's way outside of my comfort zone, way outside of, um, my zone of proximal development. That's in my panic zone. I just won't do anything. I just won't. Okay, cool. Can we, can we get something that's just in your zone of proximal development? Motivation is high here. So there's scaffolding. I'm going to help you exercise. So one of the things that I do with my clients, instead of just saying, okay, exercise, I give them step by step. Okay, for two minutes, you're going to move around. And you're going to just like stretch your body and you're going to like flex. That's I call it flex. You're going to do snow angels on the ground. You're going to do arm circles. And then for six minutes, we're going to do a circuit where you're doing squats and then you're doing uh, bent over rows and then you're doing bicep curls. I don't know. I'm just making this up. But like having it listed out step by step, that takes them right outside of their comfort zone. It's easy to do that. It's all laid out for them, right? And I also teach them, cool, this is how you do it so that you become comfortable uh, with doing this. This is how I've learned. I learned to exercise. Like I did things just outside of my comfort zone. I didn't move to the panic zone. Um, we keep it just in the or, um, in the zone of proximal development by keeping it short, keeping the movement simple. We're just focusing on showing up, be, uh, getting into the habit of showing up and being the person, being that aspirational identity. Cool. Every time you show up, every time you show up, you are being a consistently healthy person. Every time you show up, you are being a morning person. Every time you show up, you are being a journaler. So all of these reps that you're doing, they connect back to that aspirational identity. Going back to the classroom example, that is something that I did in the classroom. Great. Oh, like talking to kindergarten students as readers, 
readers, today you're going to do blah, blah, blah. Wow, readers, you did a great job doing blah, blah, blah. Same thing with writers. Hey, writers, we're going to start writing workshop using that identity, calling students that identity. So they're like, oh, cool, like I am a writer. Oh, I am a reader, right? So that's something that we want to do. But again, yeah, if we, if you want to maintain your motivation, if you want to keep on with things and there not be these, these um, giant dips where you're not doing anything. You want to make sure that you're going from A to B, not A to Z. Make sure that you have a step-by-step plan to follow. Like, be very explicit. Um, I always say, too, like, it should be so simple that, like, like a five-year-old could understand what you're talking about, right? Um very, very in simple terms, not something that you have to like, wait, what does that mean? Like how to, like, it should be very, very easy to understand what to do next. Even if I just look at this, like no phone. Okay. Five-year-old knows what that means. Drink a glass of water. They know what that means. Fill water for the day, fill up the cups. You have what, like that, you know, so you want to keep things really simple so that you don't have to be confused if you get confused, you're going to panic and then you're not going to do the thing. So those are my tips for you today. Working on self-care, keeping motivation high, motivation, thinking about getting you to actually do the thing and do the thing consistently because your self-care matters. When you show up and you take care of yourself, that helps you be a better person. And then when you go off into the world and you interact with other people, that helps them have a good day as well. So you taking care of yourself, it's important for you, for like you and your life. And also it's important for how we show up in the world and we interact with each other. Um, Let me know what you're going to do based on today's uh, video. Uh, You can send me uh, a DM, you can post a comment below, or you can send me an email at coachjacqueline at jacquelinericchio.com. Take care. I'll see you in the next one.